So the thing itself, Kriya is uh, is a system of purification, and there are a lot of complexities to it. I'm sure there's a whole system to it, right, and different methods um, that they like to branch under the the term, um, the place from when it came. So this is an ancient science that we intuitively um, pick up within ourselves, but we've also managed to put it down on record. And India has done a, the most remarkable and beautiful job of this. Now the purpose or use of this. <clears throat> is this type of purification so we could sort of look at the whole world as as, a, as one way or another patterns or entities or spirits and all these spirits we're just in an orgy with energy and uh, inside of this or orgy with energy that is constantly surrounding I mean we're surfing on it and yet we are also part of this infinite water of potential that's constantly shifting and so if you're able to purify yourself then all the waves and ripples that come through with these energies um not only do they not disturb you they can pass you fluidly and so you're not led by the nose by your energies and some people are like some people could definitely i thought i thought about this earlier um in a conversation with karen that some some sagittarius's are slaves to their energy for example like they're slaves to jupiter they're slaves to gods, to certain gods. And so that's what's interesting, and that's what comes to my mind sometimes when I hear nuns say, uh, bow before no gods, which is also, uh, to some extent, a stoic principle, even though that's not to say that stoics don't um, respect and value mm -hmm. um, the gods, because Marcus Aurelius, at least, um, the person I listen to in an audible form, he talks very fondly of the gods and their good nature for us to be sort of um, mindful and receptive of the presence that they play. Right. And so the purpose or use of Kriya Yoga would be, okay, so you get to decide how receptive, like what you do with the voices in you. Because you're coming at things from a pure place. And maybe that's why it's so important to anchor the eye. Because then you're totally pure, but that also means you're totally open. And so whatever comes into your, your sphere of awareness, your sphere of influence, you know, maybe, maybe you'll be led that way. And maybe that's not, I don't know, like maybe that's not the best action way, maybe way to orient your actions, the karma yoga. And um, the associations I make to Kriya Yoga have more to do with that, with the whole world being made of spirits. And uh, the, what's unique about human beings is our ability to harbor thousands and hundreds of thousands of spirits at one time. And, uh, you know, these spirits can take on all sorts of forms that we see with the visible eye and also don't different things or different accumulations of energy and matter and atoms have certain intelligences about them because they have certain patterns about them and one example of that is alcohol it has a certain spirit to it that's why they call them spirits <laughs> interestingly enough this is an alchemical uh, tradition of speaking about it that way and so there's a certain pattern inside of this and you have a whole system and so this pattern is able to, you're able to tap into, or it's, it, it's able to tap into um, a certain spirit in you. And um, you can carry this spirit and you walk around with a different spirit about you. And so it's interesting to think about it that way too. And then you would purge yourself from that, from that spirit. And so that's like, that's one hashtag metaphorical, but also psychosomatic and practical way to, to purify the energies. And I think the only time that that ends is either when you develop Kriya to the extent where you can leave your body or your body decides to leave on its own. Bye. As Joel told me the other day, what if you get stabbed? <laughs> Quote from his grandfather. And I, and I chimed in, or hit by a bus, <laughs> which is definitely possible. Well, I guess you wouldn't willingly... willingly. <laughs> Leave your body at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like I still can't answer your question. <laughs> well, it doesn't have an answer. It's a call. -on. 
And I and I, I say it that way instead of letting you answer the koan because they're a better koan. They're more productive koans because that one just has the straightforward answer. But <laughs> it's not really going to get you thinking, that one. <laughs> the answer is so simple. It, it, it's, oh, okay. It's, there, there's only two extremes you can really go to with the question. I'm just checking myself. Because I, I. <laughs> I know I just heard a lot. And... Yeah. yeah I'm, well, I'm sure that's happening in the unconscious. I, I said a lot. <laughs> I surprised myself a bit there. <laughs> yeah. Fucking subconscious, unconscious is fucking... <laughs> I love that story by uh, Doshin Roshi. He talks about when he was a kid, maybe like 17 years old, he was, he was this guy, he just loved cars, you know, snot-nosed guy from, you know, whatever rough town he was from. And um, one day his friend sees him writing poetry, and he didn't think anything like this guy would be writing poetry. You know, he's like he likes cars, and the and and so. But as it turns out, he wrote poetry. He's like, I gotta show you this woman. Like, I gotta introduce you to this person. And they come together, and they uh, they come to this woman's house like the next day or something yeah. like this. And she, this 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 gray-haired woman with fire in her eyes, opens the door and says, "Welcome." No one comes here <laughs> on accident. <laughs> We're all products of the unconscious. And she changed his life forever. <laughs> and she, he would come to her every day and she would teach him about the humanities and things like this. And she was like super informed. She had like a library. And uh, she believed that her life path was to help and guide young men under a cultic journey. Yeah, I realize how much processing goes on in there. In the space that has no uh, of, uh, no room? Of uh, subconscious or unconscious. I don't know which one it is yet. <laughs> it's one of those two. Yeah. Reading some messages that you sent me again earlier today. Oh. It was about the birds and, <laughs> and vibrations and everything. Yeah. I read it once yesterday, didn't think about it. Uh, you know, like, didn't really think about it afterwards. I had an understanding, and then fucking reading it today, the understanding is completely, not completely different, but like, more, understood more. That's so <laughs> and I didn't take the time to sit and, like, you know, look at this. Right. Yeah, I've been letting myself stew things over. Actually, yeah, being that you said that, yeah. Been taking a lot more time to, like... Like, I'll just read it, and I'll just leave it alone. I, I'll assume that my... <laughs> yeah, yeah. That my subconscious got my back. <laughs> I'm sure you probably would notice that there's been more time in between my responses to you. Particularly right now. I mean, right now, in this moment, or...? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, at this moment. Where's the fatty bottom? What can I do with it? I don't find it. Is it up there? I wonder. Was it I... in your fanny pack when you left earlier? Definitely not, because I've got the top part, I just don't cut the bottom. Which is strange, which means I must have been. Because the cannabis fan I got. Yeah, it's not necessary for me to uh, premeditate <laughs> my messages anymore. Yeah. Like, ah, since you know how to like structure your thinking. Right through fucking doing it. Yeah. So much since then. Now. Right. It's just natural. Like it's kind of intuitive, especially when you're in flow, right? Yeah. And even then, I could like, I could notice it coming on before I let it happen. So like, oh, if you continue to go on with this, you're gonna go further because it requires you. To... How does it go? What is it? Conversations with no end or something like that? I totally felt that earlier. Um, 
I mean, obviously, me and you would talk that way. Right. <laughs> I felt it with Joel because when when we were saying goodbye, he uh, he almost like he looked like he didn't know, like it was just like okay, you're leaving, but you're not leaving. Like, in a way, which was the best for me. Like, you know, because that's what... I, in a way, I think that's what I intuitively wanted without knowing that's what I wanted. And it happened again with Karen today, and it just occurs to me now. This is coming <coughs> over to me now. Um, you know, in the end of the conversation, I had to ask, do you have any parting words? Because it felt like there was no ending the conversation. Because it felt like there was no ending the conversation. Yeah, that was part of my anxiety in talking to people before. Which part? Not not knowing whether or not you could structure your thinking? I don't know. I was fucking very, really insecure about I totally saying brought that up. Hi. She asked about you, and I'm like, well, I've been slowly updating you anyways. And but bye. Wait, yeah, what? Because uh, she asked about you, and so I was, uh, I, I, I told her, I was like, I'm, I'm just been intuitively updating you um, so far, but... I would say that the the thing that I feel about him lately is uh, for the first time I'm seeing like a four. So like I briefly brought up the archetypes of the Enneagram and um, said that for the first time like I was just seeing you more independent in a way where it's like stepping into your your uniqueness. Yeah. And and it it also tied into our conversation between me and her, obviously, otherwise it wouldn't have come up. But it um, in a sense where you have to accept that you're unique or you have to, you know, as you integrate and, and, and grow into the Enneagram. Did anything at all? He did. He did. I will. I'll do it. Okay. And, uh... Eh? You out? He is. I saw him. Okay. <laughs> I do. Alright, I, I heard him. I heard him walk. That's one of the things that why my neck feels so much better. That's why I think part of it was like a herniated disc in my neck and it just healed over that way. Speaking of Karen, (laughs) it's funny that I don't feel any type of way. (laughs) You guys talk. Yeah, Yeah. so. Okay. Whereas in the past, obviously, we've spoken this before. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I even felt like uh, maybe I wouldn't bring Not it that up to you. Not that anything special there. Right, yeah. but... Yeah, just out of, like, past stuff, but, like, it's not the present. The present you doesn't care, which is why I brought right. it up. But the past me, I'm aware of the memory of the past you and the past me. Yeah, right, and even then, it wasn't really bad. Like, I mm-hmm. make it aware. Sure, yeah. That's and, the and point. That yeah, it. that was the developmental, I guess. And, um... I don't remember. Uh, you were speaking about how you saw C for the first time. Oh, yeah. And so, when me and Karen finished talking, it was kind of like that, too. Where, um... It was like, bye without saying goodbye. And I, I love that energy. In the sense where it feels like we haven't stopped talking. <clears throat> and I love that I had that energy with Joel yesterday. And that energy with uh, Karen today. There is no goodbye. And that's a good skill for me too if I want to be having discussions. In what sense? Like... Like, that level of comfortability where, Uh, uh you know, you just feel like you can up and call me, in a sense. Like, you feel like, I am ready to hear you. Like, I I am receptive. And uh, you are, anytime you get reminded of me, you're reminded of, oh, he's, like, the consistency of my energy. I think that's what, what it is. And I know that that's such a hard thing to cultivate and to sort of, like, observe the effect of what what consistent energy has on others when it comes full circle it's so straightforward it's kind of like the peacemaker like i feel like it's the enneagram when it comes full circle it's really what i feel 
about my personality and this system and that's sort of where some of my system comes from it's like what's the personality to have and uh, to some extent that's an element of, the, of this contemplation that had that manifest for me or conjured is conjured in me and so I'm like shifting through personality pieces uh -huh, uh -huh. I uh, I start to see it depends on the person <laughs> Yeah, I start to see how we could come full circle to be whole, shadow-wise. Like, I particularly, for some reason, for some reason when it came up to me, when I talked about the dialogue, for some reason this is the way I explained it. One sentence, which was, I'm interested in facilitating a dialogue where we can confront our shadows and we can integrate our shadows. I think I said integrate. So can we facilitate a dialogue that would help us integrate our, our, our shadows? And I think it's always happening. Yeah. How does that feel? The uh, so right. Or the so spine. Oh, I feel something on my left shoulder blade. Interesting. You can move around a little bit. Yeah, like this. <laughs> I've been trying it out. <laughs> yeah, good. <coughs> Do you want to try this? Okay. Okay. I thought to just leave. <coughs> leave you be there. <clears throat> yeah, if it was a joint, I'll probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you could just casually lay there and smoke it. That's a perfect example, but what was it a perfect example of? Mm. Integration of shadows is happening naturally. Integration of shadows. I wanted to. I feel like it's just association. Like if we can shift the associations into a full circle system that we would naturally start to dialogue in a way that incorporated shadows. Yeah. So I talk about it like a system just to sort of start to impose or imply what game we're playing. And it, it's orienting to sort of like try to illustrate that. But this is, this is yeah, shitload intuitive. And based on individual development. Particularly with Mondo Zen, which is part of my base, or part of the mm. base that I'm, that I'm incorporating, which is uh, also known as Hollow Bone Zen, or a system of emotional cons, and how to help people, sh or help yourself shift triggers. And um, if you could do this, and you can demonstrate it, then we can be Buddhas. Who have conversations. So when I messaged Karyani about signing it, didn't I did give you know, signing the painting? Yeah, and I did pay for the painting. <laughs> and I had the idea to add a little bit extra for you know, the reason. Not Yeah. told you to title it one thing you know when you sent it to her mm -hmm. which you didn't and that was fine <laughs> cool with it but because you, you gave me an option you said or you could say whatever you want I am fine either way sir something yeah like and then you showed me what yeah then you were like not that yeah uh -huh. <laughs> just because you said please yeah I know ah <laughs> Just because I said please. In a very, I said PLS. Please. Please. It means please. Which is even softer. <laughs> but casual. It's okay, I'm not attacking you. I know. <laughs> so on. I still sent what I felt should have been said with a little bit extra. And I was called out <laughs> that I was like guilty and explaining something. 
instead of fucking <laughs> disagreeing and like, no, I'm not like. Right. I actually looked at it. Right. <laughs> and so I was. Yeah. Which I would consider a shadow, like that whole. Right. That's totally shadow integration. Yeah, I would say so. Something you were unconscious of, you didn't see, and it's you, and now you see it is you, and so in seeing it's you, it like dissolves itself or something. It's like shadow integration. It's like the reason why it was this pattern kept persisting is because you were unconscious of it. So the more conscious you grow of it, it's like, well, now it's in your domain. What are you gonna do with your will? Maybe that's why this anchoring that that you know the first learner first lesson in Raja Yoga has been so it, it it brings me full circle with this system so to speak in a sense where uh, in my experience I focus on the eye and in some sense I create the eye that's not the right way to that's not the perfect way to explain it but that's okay I close my eyes uh-huh. and inside of emptiness I repeat the word I and somehow this pure dot which is an identity I suppose it's the most simple form of, uh, of, of an identity. And so this little dot comes up and it's, it has an eye on it. <laughs> I'm being metaphorical to explain my experience. And it has an eye on it. And I keep repeating it. And then there are moments where my it's some part of me. Maybe you could call it the monkey mind. I don't care. Um, where it says, where are you? And where am I? What's going on? Like, it's like, all of a sudden, like, my brain has questions. Like, for no reason. They just manifest themselves. Like, hey, wait, what's going on? Where are we? What is this? <laughs> and if it's just pure darkness and emptiness, it can feel scary because where is the eye? And it's shifting through fear and everything else. It's shifting through all these emotions all, all at the same time. But the, that little eye, for me, has been, I, 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 this thing that I've been doing. Suddenly, there's an anchor. Because the moment that those questions emerge... It stops after the first question, which is, where am I? What's going on? Like, it's all I. Because I is identity with the present. With silence. Or, um, what I really like. Muji. <laughs> Muji. Muji. Mr. Muji. He, uh, Muji ba ba ba. No, yeah, it's... Sober scene. Oh, tell me, yeah, tell me if I'm right or wrong. Because it sounds like to me, what you're saying with the eye is. Mm. Yeah, what do you feel in your experience? Is there an image or, or something you want to say about an image that comes up? Maybe words that seem random you just want to share? Oh. The questions that you mentioned that do come to you is they're not questions of who I am. They almost are. They're just looking for anything to grab onto, really. They don't they like they don't even know who, what's happened. Like it's looking for identity by nature or something. It's like naturally trying to grab shit and pull it together. And it's something else which is trying to split it apart. That's intellect. Yeah, I could see that. So there's something that wants to be one with everything and something well, that right. wants to be um, divide everything. And you can't divide the eye. You do. You do in your life. You divide the eye. But you can't divide the eye. Yeah. I like that this conversation took, took uh, a turn towards the eye. Because, I mean, obviously I've been reflecting on this lately. In a, in, a, in a sense, because I'm curious about, you know, whether or not I can not articulate a way to it but articulate what's around it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I like in Mondo Zen, just saying the sensations you feel, like, right now. 
It's why my words, I'm not looking for my words. <laughs> Those are just flying out of my face. What I am is I'm looking inside. No thoughts are coming to mind, but I do feel some sort of energy or something. That's cool. I don't know what to say about that, but that's <laughs> that's an example. <laughs> So, like, uh, I can make more observations. What I find cool is how, like, the way you have your prayer, I wouldn't consider it a prayer, but what, that second piece that I wrote, that I showed you. You wouldn't consider what a prayer, mine or yours? Mine. Okay. At least not that I wouldn't consider it, it's just... It's just, you know, you could make It wasn't... Right. Yeah, it... It was a spell, maybe, right? Is that a... Is, would you rather put it that way? Yeah. A, a spell with a seal like in Naruto they use the scrolls and they summon shit that they like forge like in private I mean I can see it being pretty close to what you say about yeah. I am a center of cool is that awareness when you were standing yesterday in meditation is that uh is that what you, were you saying that what mine or well no I wasn't you weren't saying anything no I was meditating <laughs> 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 in silence. Yes. I like that. So what I find cool is that, like, when I see other people talk about this, and these aren't people I personally know. What? What they are? Talk about what we are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So what are they? Yeah. Uh. <laughs> what did they say? <laughs> oh man! Shit! <laughs> People are gonna think they're crazy, man. <laughs> A lot of times they're nothing. <laughs> no, I don't mean the answer. I mean who are they? Like what they say says who they think they are. Like what are they to them? Is a, is a is a curious question. I'm wondering if you uh, if you if you could answer that. These is there anyone? If there's one person that comes to your mind, if you could like draw them forward, and be like, this person thinks they're this. Like, what's he always saying about you or about other people? Is there one specific complaint he's always making? Stands out above the other ones, and you never you don't have anything good or bad to say about it. You just notice. <laughs> <laughs> just notice that this thing is a, is a, is this, is this cluster or something. It's a pattern or something, and uh, he talks about it. And uh, whether that's uh, maybe that's something like uh, someone calling other people lazy. Like they must really, you know. I I, I like to say say this sometimes. I, I, uh, it's, it's interesting. I'd rather be careful about using the word lazy. Mm -hmm. And you know why, because... Yeah, I And using that, that I we risk... I it a lot less <laughs> We risk, we run the risk of people believing us. And you know that so well. Because that was the step over you took. Like, that was the leap. It was. That was the, yeah. the that was the beginning. Like, the struggle that was, of an eye. <laughs> it was the struggle of the eye. Of the eye. <laughs> <laughs> Feels good, right? Your posture looks good. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I was about to feel. I don't think I ever sat up this straight before. Yeah, it's done wonders for me, man. I've used it like every day. <laughs> okay, what did you ask me to bring forward? If there's someone in your life that uh. You feel they complain about something in particular. Maybe it's something you do. I mean, it, that that I mean that'd be an even better place if we could start there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say who. But... <laughs> I went from doing nothing to too much. <laughs> but I'm not doing too much. <laughs> That's 
the, the one thing they tend to say a lot now. <laughs> too much. You're doing too much. <laughs> That's kind of like Joel's initial argument, right? You're doing too much. Why would you be an aesthetic? You're doing too much. It's like it's not. It's not like that. You you, you get to decide. Like that's what this. That's what you. The pure definition for me. Self-imposed discipline is the surest way to increase the quality, and uh, the quality of your existence. By quote by Nanamun Ra, in that first interview that I had seen. And so for me, that defines asceticism, like by its purest definition. And what's interesting is about the path of the Buddha. When he was on this path of suffering, he was trying to find where it came from. And he found that this thing, he was trying to find what the purpose was of this suffering. Like, what's its use? Why is it here? And so he totally immersed himself into suffering. He spent time with these ascetic monks. Um... Who deprived them, who like starved themselves and implied needles, mortification, things like this. And, uh, and he found that their particular way of doing it was unsustainable. And he realized that there was, I, you know, he got to, I shall neither give my body too much nor too little, but exactly what it needs. And I love that quote. I feel so much resonance with that quote. Because that's what I feel when I eat my meal. It's balanced. Yeah. Like this simple thing just for me. (laughs) (laughs) So, why was I bringing this up? Bringing what up? A complaint that's not really a complaint that somebody has. You're doing too much. Oh no! Are you doing the right amount? Am I? Do you feel? (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Something else you probably feel unappreciated sometimes, though, right? Not so much anymore. Cool. Sometimes I, I. I feel unappreciated. I become... No, let me change my wording, please. Um, I become unappreciated. There's a moment in my experience where in me, I become... <laughs> I become whatever one emotion just completely becomes my, my whole experience. Yeah, through me, I could that could happen. So that, yeah. Even that I, is getting better. <laughs> yeah, right? For me, yeah, as well. Me too. It's like there's days in... Yeah, there's days in between... Like, didn't really speak yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> didn't really think about it. Like, <laughs> it's been like this for the last few days. Whereas before, it was like, I gotta say something. I gotta say something. <laughs> Vulnerability is nice. That just occurred to me. Or that it came forth to me to say. I was trying to, I, I started to write about it. Ah, oh, maybe that's why this thing's been working in my subconscious. Yeah, the most recent one was the, the, the thought of being that there's more time in between our messages if that would happen. Like, I wouldn't go unappreciated. But I am who I am, so. If that's what happens, it is what it is.
have a name change for the ring. Would you like to hear it? Please. Jeremy Atom Rama Vera Kocha. How do you say that? Somehow Vera Kocha doesn't. Intuitively for me, anyways. Vera Kocha. The Rama instantly feels great. Maybe Rama Kosha. I just, mm. I'm adding to the contemplation. Mm-hmm. I can think about that. I would wonder what that looks like numerically. Just out of curiosity. <laughs> would you like to see real quick? That's including my last name also. I like the colors. <laughs> I haven't fully looked at the numbers and stuff, but planet, colors, and stone. We need video up in here. Hmm? We need video up in here, too. I think that'd be great. Eventually. Yeah, that would, yeah. I have a good mic for, for this setup too. Like I have the actual like it looks like this. Definitely setup. make things more interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like not for me or you so much. Yeah. It it, it would give context to like our silences and that I just look right. at my phone and right. pass That's, it to you yeah. without saying anything. So people like some people like to see So I decided to look up what, or I guess the origin of Rama, because the response, the answer to the question that you sent me yesterday, it's an interesting ass story. <laughs> what is it? I don't think I've heard it. Okay. And then tell me your favorite elements about that archetype, because I'm curious. Story of Rama. And this is, uh, Rama's actually the, the father of Shiva, I believe. I don't know if that's the right translation to, to speak about it, but... Where is it? Where did you send it to me? <laughs> there we go. Instagram. I'm looking for the line that made me interested in looking this up. Was this something I sent you, you said? Hmm? Was this something I sent yeah, you? Yeah, it was this about, oh, about Brahmacharya and celibacy and the story that was... Ah, yes. So what interested so you So I was wondering that? why, I forget his name, was so... <clears throat> he had nothing to do but worship Rama? Is my memory certainly correct? Hanuman? Yeah. Yeah, Hanuman's the also, that's the cover photo. Oh, I remember, I, yeah. Once I read it, I fully yeah. remembered. Uh, so this is kind of like, so this, we, me and you know Integral, so we hear this story and we're, we're hearing underlying substructures, right? But the audience will have to bear with us uh, to the extent of how much this resonates. So I could keep looking while listening. And uh, Hanuman is an incarnation of Lord Shiva. And so if you... Th- if you would define Shiva's nothingness, mm-hmm. emptiness, but intenseness, and I'm over summarizing an archetype that obviously has a lot of history. An incarnation of uh, 
of that possibility of nothingness and pure potential and intensity is Hanuman. That's one possibility of the many different types of incarnations uh, of Lord Shiva there are. And Hanuman is simply one of them. Why can't I find this though? What are you looking for, mate? Maybe you should re-google it. Okay. says in the post answer it's gonna sound like gibber <laughs> talking precisely about the Indian culture and taking it back to the place it begun from to Ramayana mm. which I have no I had no still very little like okay, on. knowledge on Ramayana We will find Sri Hanuman, and familiar with him, (laughs) religiously following celibacy. He dedicated all his life of being a perfect disciple. He had nothing but to worship Rama, who was his only duty. So I was wondering why, like, worshiping Rama was so important. (laughs) So I was looking into who he is. Right. This is is exciting for me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and in reading it I saw some more familiar names but I haven't finished reading it so which uh, I'll give you the what convinced me to like incorporate this into the name well I want to hear the story too okay if you feel called to share Rama was born to Kaushalaya <laughs> And Dasharatha in Ayodhya. Okay. I can't pronounce these. (laughs) The ruler of the kingdom of Kosala. His siblings included Lakshmana, Bharata, and Shatrugna. He married Sita. Though born in a royal family, their life is described in the Hindu text as one challenged by unexpected changes such as an exile into impoverished and difficult circumstances, ethical questions, and moral dilemmas. Of all their travels, travails, the most notable is the kidnapping of Sita by demon king Ravana, followed by the Determined in epic efforts of Rama and Lakshmana to gain her freedom and destroy the evil Ravana against great odds. The entire life story of Rama, Sita, and their companions alleg- and their companions allegorically discusses duties, rights, and social responsibilities of an individual. It illustrates Dharma and Dharmic living through model characters. So that's pretty yeah, that's cool. Th- that was like all that, I caught of the story. Yeah, that last part is, is interesting to me. If Dharma means a right. life path, then you could take on different life paths and so that's an entire life story of Rama. Is what? And their companions is yeah. discussing duties, rights, and social responsibilities of an uh, individual. That's interesting. We do this. All the time. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> so what really like... Yeah. Made it even more interesting. Was that resonance with... Rama is a Vedic Sanskrit word with two contextual meanings. In one context, as found in Artharva Veda, as stated by Manir, Manir Williams, means dark dark colored or black and is related to the term rot tree rot tree which means night in another context it means just realize I'm being a robot here (laughs) fuck this reading word for word (laughs) yeah I'm falling asleep yeah it's like (laughs) I'm killing myself here man (laughs) But I was trying to be very accurate. So, yeah, go on. in other contexts, 
found in other Vedic texts, it means pleasing, delightful, charming, beautifully, lovely. Okay, I understand that. Beautiful, charming, inspiring, lovely? Yeah. Uh, Rama is sometimes used as a suffix, actually, where it adds a sense of pleasing to the mind and lovely to the word. Yeah, I also like because the image of a ram just came to my mind. That, yeah. And I have such a, you know, a tight symbology with rams, like with Rama the or it, ram. For Ram. Yeah. He's the seventh avatar of the god Vishnu. Vishnu. One of his most popular incarnations along with Krishna, Parshurama, and Gautama Buddha. <laughs> yeah, that's the guy we were talking about with the ascetic. Siddhartha Gautama. Who? Siddhartha Gautama. Buddha. He was the first. Yeah, all of this is still confusing. <laughs> no, the last name you said there. That's no, yeah. The name, that's the name of the historical lineage, apparently, of Buddhism. No, I, yeah, I remember seeing his name somewhere before, but. Yeah, Siddhartha Gautama. Like, the fact that it says incarnations of and they're connected to so many people, it's like, it's a little confusing. <laughs> Oh, it's 7 o'clock. That was quick. Oh, it's 7 already? Yeah. Alright. Are you ready? Yeah, I think I'll start working out now. <laughs> I was just feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. There are weights here if you want to lift weights. I'll turn off the podcast and we'll lift weights. I got fucking garbage bags to lift outside. No. My calculations were wrong now. <laughs> but I can make them right. Amen. <laughs> it's funny, I thought I might have to wait a little bit longer, but just saying that, my calculations were wrong. <laughs> I saw a little shift there real quick. <laughs> Any parting words for our listeners, mate? If they heard any of us. Yeah, this was a warm-up. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a warm-up conversation. I suppose it was. We both could do to be much sharper, I suppose, next time. That's much more grounded and loving and all the beautiful, good stuff that uh, people resonate with. Because uh, the truth is right. <laughs>